Um, basically, every week we've been looking at a different sin that we commonly, in our minds, minimize, thinking, oh, it's not a big deal. But as we look at these sins, we realize, actually, they're a huge deal. They um, can kind of blow up in our lives and create just a lot of chaos. So the sin that we're going to be looking at tonight is impatience. Uh, wondering, there's probably different emotions going on in the room when you hear the word impatience. Maybe some of you are thinking, yes, that is me. I am a very impatient person. I can count the amount of times today that I was impatient. And others of you are probably thinking, hmm, I think I can kind of tune this one out. I'm a pretty patient person. Um, and then maybe there's some of you who think this really isn't a big deal. Why are we spending a whole night talking about this? Well, my hope and my prayer for you guys is that you leave tonight with a more realistic view of just how impatient we can all be and that there's a deeper issue beneath your impatience, that the Lord has so much more for us and that he is calling each of us to lift our eyes off of ourselves and onto him, leading us to deeper patience. So let's dive into pray right before we start. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that, yeah, we get to gather together tonight and that we get to focus on you um, and that, yeah, we get to grow in our love and our knowledge of you. I pray that you just open up our hearts and our minds um, to what you have to teach to us tonight um, and that my words would not be my own, but that they would be yours and that you would use me. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen. So, um, I'll be honest, I actually fall in the line of the second category I described. I typically think of myself as a pretty patient person. Uh, probably up until my husband and I started the process to adopt, that's like a very long process and you have to fill out lots of paperwork and it really started to try my patience. So when I heard that we were speaking on patience, I was like, I should probably talk about this because I need to learn it for myself. And then as I started thinking about impatience and the different ways that I am impatient, I just thought of story after story. So I just wanted to share one with you tonight. It doesn't have to do with adoption. It actually has to do with a light fixture, which is like really ridiculous. And I thought this is a good thing to share because we all experience impatience in really ridiculous ways. So my husband and I moved into a house June of 2020. And about a year after we moved in, out of the blue, I decided I could not handle the light fixture in our kitchen anymore. It was like one of those fluorescent light fixtures with like those long tubes and would like flicker sometimes and the light was really ugly and the fixture itself like wasn't stylish. So one day I just decided, I can't stand it anymore. We have to change out this light. And so it just became like such an urgent thing in my heart that I couldn't like put aside that I convinced my husband that night we were gonna take it out. And so we got up on a ladder and we pulled the whole thing down and in my haste, I wasn't thinking, we have like a really busy next month ahead of us. We don't have time to like patch this hole that we just created. We don't have time to like paint the ceiling afterwards or put in a new light fixture. So the next like month and a half, we literally went without a light in our kitchen, which made it like really hard to cook. So yes, that is my ridiculous story about impatience, but hopefully you're all starting to think to yourselves, hmm, maybe I'm an impatient person too. So, you might be thinking still, well, like, in like the grand scheme of things, what's the big deal with impatience and why are we so impatient and why is patience so important? So throughout scripture, God actually talks a lot about patience. Um, there's lots and lots of verses that you could turn to, but actually before we turn to a verse, 
I wanted to share with you guys that psychologists, even psychologists, talk about that impatience can create really unhealthy things in our lives. So I did like a quick Google search and there's just so much stuff that came up. I'm not gonna read it to you all. I'll just read like the first five things that I saw because after that I was like, I can't read anymore. This is so sad. Um, the first thing was that impatience is linked to cognitive and social incompetence. It's linked to an inability to cope with life's frustrations and it's linked to a risk of mental disorders. It causes high blood pressure, which as a lot of you know that are nursing and medical majors that can create heart attacks and like premature aging. Um, impatience could cause anxiety and hostility, um, which causes a lot of strife with like um, relationships around you. And it can also lead to a lack of sleep, which as college students, you probably want as much sleep as you can possibly get. So stop being impatient. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is all like pretty dismal stuff, so we're just gonna stop there. Um, and now we'll look and see what the Lord has to say about impatience. Um, first, we'll look at Proverbs 21.5. Um, I'll give you a heads up. We're gonna be like bouncing around the Bible, so you can totally flip there if you want. But yeah, it's up there on the screen. Um, Proverbs 21.5 says that the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So we see that haste, which is a symptom of impatience, leads to poverty. And I don't know about you, but when I hear the word poverty, I just think of like money and finances. But as I started to think about it, I'm like, I think this means like a lot of different poverty. It means like poverty with um, your sleep, like the psychologist said, you get a lack of sleep through impatience, poverty through mental health, through physical health, through the enjoyment of your life. You could be minimizing the enjoyment of your life through the impatience that you're feeling. And most crucial, it can affect your relationships. So I wanted to ask you guys, how have you seen impatience negatively affect community? I mean, I think we've all experienced it ourselves in one way or another, where somebody's impatient with you, whether it's, I don't know, you're talking to them and they're like, their body language is making you really uncomfortable and you're starting to think to yourself, I think they just want me to shut up. I think that I'm like talking too much and they're like thinking, just get to the point. And they're looking at their watch and they're looking around. Or maybe you feel like somebody's being impatient with you when they're trying to describe something to you and they're getting frustrated that you're not like picking it up as quickly as they wanted you to. And I know that we've all experienced people just being short-tempered with us, which is another way that impatience can affect us. So all of these things that make us feel horrible through impatience, they create a break in trust and can affect our community. And sadly, I think not only have we experienced this, but we've been the ones to do it as well. So yeah, God is calling us to so much more. He doesn't want us to live this lifestyle of impatience. He's called us to a lifestyle of patience, but he knows that we don't have the strength to do it on our own. He knows that we can never have the type of patience that he has, which is why he's given us the Holy Spirit. So we're just gonna flip to Galatians 5.22, up on the screen, kind of flipping there. Um, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit 
maybe you've heard of this before, or maybe you have heard it but thought, I don't really know what this is, it just sounds nice. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of a Christian. So even though we don't have the power to be as patient as the Lord is calling us to be, he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit for those who believe in him and have him in their life. Um, He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to actually live out that patience. Um, But a lot of us aren't tapping into that. So yeah, one of Christ's attributes is patience. So one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is supposed to be working in our life is to produce patience. Um, And the Holy Spirit wants to conform our hearts to have a patience like Christ's. And there, like I said earlier, there are literally so many verses in the Bible about patience that really show God's importance um, that he's placed on patience, that we could literally talk about it all night. But we're not going to do that. I'm not going to have you flip to every single verse that talks about patience. Um, I just want you guys to get the idea, like, God thinks this is a really big deal, so we should too. So I think it's important to stop and ask ourselves, why are you impatient? What causes it? And how can you be more patient? So patience is, or impatience, sorry, kind of a precursor. I've realized that when I say impatience and patience, I get them like flip-flopped in my brain. So sometimes I might say things where you're like, that doesn't make sense. If it doesn't make sense, just flip it, and then maybe it will make sense. So impatience is destructive, but it won't help if we just seek to become more patient people and like do our hardest and like try to like just eliminate impatience from our lives. It's important to first identify the underlying cause of impatience. Um, With most sins, there is a destructive behavior kind of beneath the surface level sin. Um, And a lot of times we like to refer to that as like the sin beneath the sin. Like what is causing this surface level thing? And I believe that we experience impatience because at our core, we are self-centered. That's like a pretty heavy statement. I don't like being called self-centered, but I just want you to like lean into this thought. Are you a self-centered person? Um, we tend to believe, act, and live as if the world revolves around us. So think about recent instances in your life where you experienced impatience. Was it because something wasn't going your way or things weren't being done on your schedule or how, how quickly you wanted it to be done for yourself? You've all been on the line before. There's all sorts of lines in life. Um, the line at Target, the DMV line, a line of traffic. Think of like your worst nightmare kind of line. Why were you impatient in that line? Was it because you had somewhere to be and you had a schedule to maintain? Don't people understand that you have places to be and things to see and all of that jazz? Um, Okay, so yeah, thinking about this fact that we oftentimes think about the world revolving around us. So in order to dive into the issue of impatience, I actually want to take us um, and learn from a man in the Old Testament. He's actually one of my favorite, like, historical documents in the Old Testament. Uh, His name is Joseph, and his story stretches from Genesis chapter 37 through 50, so, like, really long. I'm not going to, like, read through the whole thing because we'd be here for, like, another two hours. So I'm going to do my best to condense it, and we're actually going to break it up into, like, four segments. 
And as we break it up into four segments, I want you to think and see how Joseph shows patience in each of these parts of his life. And then we're actually going to kind of think about, okay, if I were in his situation, how might I react? And how might my reaction and my heart be different than his? So before, kind of a caveat, before we dive into that, I just really wanted to encourage you, maybe this weekend or next week, to actually read all of Joseph's story, because I'm going to just breeze through it, and I'm going to miss a lot of details. It's really cool, and I don't want you guys to miss out on that. So, okay, the first segment of his life shows the first way that impatience manifests itself in our lives, and that's through discontentment and restlessness. So to start off, an important thing to know is that Joseph was the son of a man named Jacob, and Jacob had 11 other sons. So in total, this man had 12 sons. And Jacob was, or not Jacob, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. And it wasn't a secret. Everybody knew it, especially the other sons. So kind of tuck that away in your brain for now. But the next thing that's pretty interesting is that Joseph started having these dreams, really interesting dreams about like stars bowing down and like wheat bundles bowing down, really interesting stuff. And what the dreams were telling him was that he was going to have a great ruling, great power one day. And so we're actually going to stop there. You're probably thinking, we barely got anywhere, Sarah. Why are you stopping now? But I actually think that we already see a great patience in Joseph's life. And the reason why I say that is because, think about it. Joseph just had these awesome dreams. And if you were reading the story, you would see that he doesn't start to try to like speed up the process and get into power quickly. I mean, he was a normal dude living a normal life. And I don't know about you, but if I had a dream about power, I'd be like, yeah, I want that and I want it now. Um, but he was actually pretty chill with his dreams. And I think what makes us stand out in my brain even more of his patience in this is that a few chapters before this in Genesis, we see that Joseph's great-grandpa, Abraham, he was also given a promise by God, and he was promised that he was going to be the father of a great nation. But the catch was that when he got that promise, he was an old man with no kids, and his wife was barren. And so he got to a point where he was like, I don't want to wait any longer. I want this like great promise from God. So I'm going to sleep with my wife's servant and have a child through her, which obviously God was not cool with and was just not cool in general. So you see this like stark contrast of even Joseph's ancestors were just like, I want it now. And so I wanted you to stop and think and put yourself in Joseph's shoes and try to think of like a similar-ish situation. Because obviously, I'm pretty sure that none of you have had a dream where you're going to have great power one day. So let's try to think of something that might be similar. So maybe it's that you didn't have a dream about great power, but you have a dream of a loving relationship. And you desire this, and you just don't really want to wait around anymore. And so you want to kind of speed up the process to be in this loving relationship. And so you start to take shortcuts and you start to compromise on your values in whatever way that may be 
so that you have what you want because you're no longer satisfied with your singleness and you're here and now. But Joseph doesn't do that. And so I believe that this example shows one of the ways that impatience can manifest itself, thinking of the flip side of what Joseph did, and that in our hearts, we can become discontent and restless. And that's one of the ways that impatience can manifest itself. And the second way that we're about to look at is that impatience can manifest itself in our lives through withdrawing and not participating. So going back to Joseph's story and his dreams, as a lot of you know, when you have a really cool, awesome dream, you tell other people about it, right? I don't know. For me, if I have a cool dream, I'm like, guess what I dreamt? Wasn't this weird? Well, when Joseph told his brothers about his dream, they were not cool with it. And not only were they not cool with his dream, but they already had a lot of resentment in their heart because Joseph was daddy's favorite. And so this resentment just built up and built up until they just had this deep hatred in their bones for Joseph. And they decided, let's get rid of him. Let's kill him. But actually, killing sounds kind of harsh, and we don't really get anything out of that. So let's sell him into slavery because that's less harsh, and we'll get some profit. So that's what they did. They sold Joseph into slavery to a man named Potiphar. And what's really wild is you would think, putting yourself again in the situation of Joseph, I'd be pretty bitter and I wouldn't want to do a good job. But Joseph was the flip side. He knew that the Lord was still in control. And so he continued to work as if he was working for the Lord. And jo or not Joseph, Potiphar, Potiphar noticed what good work ethic Joseph had, and that he was a man of God, and that he was really wise in Potiphar's household. So Potiphar thought, I am going to put this man in control of my entire household, which is wild. So we're gonna pause here and think, this dude was sold into slavery by his brothers, his own flesh and blood, yet he still recognized that God was in control. So again, hopefully, none of you will ever be sold by your siblings. Um, but I think that we all experience, in a way, if you will, what Joseph was experiencing. Maybe think about a job that you've had where it's not your dream job, and you think about, this job has nothing to do with the career that I'm like working toward in school, it has nothing to do with like my degree, so why bother giving it more than minimum effort? I can't wait to get out of this job. This job sucks. I just don't want to be here anymore. And all you can think about is like how perfect your future is going to be. So thoughts like this show another way that impatience can manifest itself in our hearts through, like I said, withdrawing and not participating. But rather than thinking all these things and becoming impatient, Joseph stayed present and recognized that he was working for the Lord above all else. An article I read pointed out that some people consider patience to be passive waiting or gentle tolerance. However, most of the Greek words translated as patience in the New Testament are active, robust words. Consider, for example, Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we also are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In the Bible, patience is persevering towards a goal, enduring trials or expectantly waiting for a promise to be fulfilled, 
even if you're not in your ideal situation. Okay, so that was number two. Now we're gonna see the third way that impatience manifests itself in our lives. And this one is through anxiety and fear. While Joseph was serving at Potiphar's house, um, Potiphar's wife started to take a fancy to him and started making really inappropriate um, sexual advances and stuff. And Joseph stood his ground and refused her. And she was a pretty spiteful woman. And so she decided, I'm gonna accuse him of sexually assaulting me so that he gets thrown into prison. And that's what happened to him. So first this guy was sold into slavery and now he's put into prison. And what's insane is in jail, Joseph still recognized that his life was in God's hands and he patiently waited on the Lord. He continued to have an incredible attitude and worth ethic. And further along in his time in jail, uh, Potiphar's cupbearer and baker also found themselves in prison. They came to Joseph with some troubling dreams um, and Joseph has a history with dreams, if you remember, and Joseph interprets them perfectly. And the cupbearer is then released back into Pharaoh's care, and on his way out, he tells Joseph, don't worry, thank you so much, I'm gonna tell the Pharaoh how amazing you are. But then as soon as he gets to Pharaoh, he just totally forgets about Joseph. So Joseph spends another two years in prison, and Bible scholars don't even know like the whole amount of time. Some people think it could have been up to 12 years, which is crazy. And this entire time, he works as if he's working for the Lord. So throughout the years of being wrongfully imprisoned, Joseph Lee patiently waited on the Lord to bring about justice. So I want you guys to think about what may be feeling like prison to you right now. Maybe it's an incredibly hard and stressful class, or maybe you feel like you're stuck in a situation or maybe, and I'm sorry if this is your case, you are experiencing severe injustice or maybe just a little injustice. And how might impatience rear its ugly head in these types of situations? How might a lack of trust in the Lord's sovereignty and impatience in his grand plan affect your life right now? Between my time in college and now my time on staff with crew, I've been in the world of college students for like over 12 years. And the biggest thing that I have seen in patients manifest itself in the life of college, like the biggest way that it's manifested its life in the life of college students is through anxiety and fear. Impatient to get through the awful class that you're in or impatient to see what the future holds after graduation. As we hyper-focus on just wanting to get through what we're experiencing now, we feed into our fear and anxiety. A mental health site shares that impatience can affect your sleep, encourage a sense of frustration and helplessness, reinforce negative emotions, and make it difficult to focus on the present. Kind of sounds like anxiety, huh? Interestingly enough, a synonym for impatience is anxiety. How is impatience breeding anxiety and a lack of trusting God in your life? So the last way that I want to look at with impatience in Joseph's life is how, if we were in his situation, how maybe impatience would have manifested itself through self-indulgence. So, as I said, Joseph was imprisoned, and he was there until one day Pharaoh gets some dreams, 
And his cupbearer thinks, oh yeah, I know a guy who's good at interpreting dreams. So Pharaoh calls in Joseph, and Joseph interprets his dreams perfectly for him. And the way that Joseph interprets his dreams, he tells him this, there will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them, there will arise seven years of famine. Joseph then gives Pharaoh advice on how to move forward. And Pharaoh responds by making him second in command of all of Egypt below him. Joseph helps to manage the seven years of plenty in such a way that not only did Egypt survive the famine that followed, but they were able to help their neighboring people groups all around them, including Joseph's family. So Joseph could have responded when his family came to him for help with bitterness, and he could have had a lot of vengeance on his brothers, but instead he acted out in grace and mercy. In the close of Joseph's story, um, in chapter 50, uh, he tells his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So finally, we see that Joseph displays patience through good times. Yeah, kind of a weird thing to talk about, huh? Um, it can be difficult to wait during the bad times, and that's typically when we think about our impatience, but it can also be difficult to wait in the good times. So let's think about if you had like a little extra cash burning a hole in your pocket. Have you ever felt impatient with that? Of like, ooh, what can I spend this on? I saw a pair of shoes the other day. I don't need them, but now I want them and I need to spend my money. So instead of like putting your money away, you just immediately are like, I, I have to spend it. But on the flip side, Joseph showed tremendous discipline as a leader. He could have just had fun for a few years, enjoying his power, enjoying all the plenty of the land that he was in and had a great time those seven years. But he chose instead to patiently build storehouses so that he could responsibly save food for people and save people's lives. So as we reflect on potential ways um, we could have reacted in this situation, finally we see that another way impatience manifests itself in our lives is through self-indulgence. So as we walked through Joseph's life tonight, there's a common thread that kind of is woven throughout his life, and I'm hoping that you guys noticed it. That thread is that Joseph chose to focus on God and people around him. And you can really see that summed up if you think back to that verse that I shared with you, like his closing statement of his story where he told his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So the fact that his entire time, his eyes were set on the Lord, realizing God has me here for a purpose, I'm part of God's plan, I'm part of God's story, and he also helped people with interpreting their dreams in jail. Like, if I was in jail, I'd be like, I don't care about you, like, I just wanna have a pity party for myself. And then he also really invested himself in saving all the goods of the land during the seven years so that he could save people for the seven years of famine. So thinking about, yeah, Joseph had this thread woven throughout his life to focus on God and focus on others. However, I think that typically we are not like Joseph. We continually struggle to lift our eyes off of ourselves, off of our circumstances, and off of our lives. I think that our self-centeredness breeds impatience. If I were to ask you, 
Who is the main character of your life? I know that's like, you're like, what? We were talking about impatience. Why are you talking about main characters? But bear with me. Who is the main character of your life? Maybe you're thinking, obviously me. It's my life. I'm the main character. It's all about me. But others of you maybe aren't thinking that. But I want to challenge you in that I think a lot of times your life would say otherwise. I think a lot of times you are living like you're the main character. Because if you're the main character, well, of course you're the hero of your own story. You're the one who needs to make right everything that's been made wrong. How often do you feel like you have to like fix everything? You are the one that everyone has to report to and to serve, and you get all the credit and recognition, and everything has to happen on your timeline, because it's your story. But I want to challenge you guys that that's false. God is the main character of your story. He was the main character of Joseph's story. He is the main character for all of eternity, past, present, and future. And as the main character, he is the one that is in control. He is the one who will ultimately make right everything that was made wrong. And he is the one everyone must serve and be accountable to. He is the one who deserves all the glory and all the credit because he is more than the main character. He's the author. In Colossians 1, 16 through 17, we see that all things were created through Christ and for Christ. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. God is truly the center of your life and life as a whole. In Philippians 2, 3 through 8, we read this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So the reason why I read that verse is because I think it's incredible that the author of life, the one that life is really all about, is the one that we have the most perfect example of patience from. He is our greatest, most perfect example of humility and patience. So Jesus lived 30 plus years here on earth and he patiently awaited his death on a cross, just like we saw in the verse of Philippians. And he did that in order to humbly rescue those who would trust in him. And patience isn't just true of God sometimes. In Psalm 86:15, we read, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. If you don't have a relationship with God, he is patiently waiting for you to come to him. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So, what if you lived your life 
as God, uh, with God as the main character. I'll say that again since I messed up my own sentence. What if you were to live your life with God as the main character? How might that change your life? How might that impact your patience, knowing that he is the one that's the main character of your life and everything's in his timing? He is calling each of us to patiently center our lives on him, to patiently trust him with his timing, and to actively play a role in his redemptive story. If Joseph wasn't patient in each step of his life, imagine how differently his life would have looked. He wouldn't have been part of God saving countless people during a famine. And quite honestly, he would have been miserable his whole life. I mean, just think of the circumstances he was in. But instead, he joyfully and patiently relied on the Lord. How is the Lord calling you to patience? Will you choose to live and trust in the one who is the true author and hero of our lives? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful that you are patient with us, even when we are not patient with you and not patient with those around us. I just pray that, yeah, the truths of who you are, um, not just that you are a patient God, but that you, um, yeah, that you left your throne in heaven to come down and patiently live here for 30 plus years to die a gruesome death just for us and that you are, yeah, the main character of life, past, present, and future. I pray that these wouldn't just hit us now, these truths, but that we would actively live them out and actively seek to change our lives um, in regards to who you are. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen.